The Man of God Network exists to help the church in her mission to identify and equip qualified, faithful men for the gospel ministry and for the recovery of biblical reformation in our day. It's our joy to provide you with resources that both encourage you and edify you as you seek to build Christ's church where you are, to the end that He is better known, loved, and exalted. We appreciate the support of our listeners. To learn more about how you can help us accomplish our mission, visit manofgodnetwork.com. Welcome to Confessing the Faith, a theological and devotional walk through the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. I am your host, Sam Waldron, pastor of Grace Reformed Baptist Church in Owensboro, Kentucky, and president of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. In this conversation about chapter 13 of the Confession, I want to speak of how the Christian is to prosecute or engage in the work of sanctification. How does one go about prosecuting the task of becoming holy? What does one do to that end? The following comments are intended to answer that question. First of all, we have to consider the gracious framework in which this work must be pursued. This is the first thing to consider. Here we take up where we left off of our, on our consideration of definitive sanctification. The task of sanctification does not take place in a vacuum. It assumes and is based on the activity of sovereign grace in our lives as Christians. Theologians call this the relation of the indicative and imperative. And that raises the question, doesn't it? What is an indicative and what is an imperative? The statement, you are a holy nation, is an indicative, 1 Peter 2.9. The command, be holy yourselves, is an imperative, 1 Peter 1.15. Throughout the New Testament, these two kinds of statements actually occur side by side. We compare Romans 6.2 with Romans 6.12, Colossians 3.3 with Colossians 3.5, Romans 8.2 and 9 with verses 12 to 14 of the same chapter, and we can go on to name many other texts. But I want you to notice two things about these passages. Firstly, the relation is not reversible. It is always the indicative first, then the imperative. The imperative is always based on the indicative. The relation cannot be reversed. We work out our own salvation, Philippians 2.12, because God is first working in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. Sanctification is a matter of grace. It is to be pursued on the basis of God's gracious action in our lives. It is not a matter of our works adding to God's grace. Only those who have good reason to think they are Christians ought to be exhorted to busy themselves about sanctification. Secondly, we must observe the imperative is not optional. The imperative is built on the indicative, surely, but the imperative is not optional. There is no indicative without obedience to the imperative. Obeying the imperative shows that the indicative is a reality in our lives. Colossians 3.1, Galatians 6, 7-10. This does not reverse the order. It only signifies that the indicative and the imperative are inseparable. No one may say, I am sanctified, who is not engaged in dying to sin and being sanctified. But that brings us to this base, the basic activities. 
And this is the second thing that must be understood in the work of sanctification. Not only its gracious framework, but its basic activities. The question of the basic activities involves in pursuing holiness raises a question or issue which has been the subject of repeated, emphatic discussion among evangelicals during the last century or two. Statements like the following are not uncommon. As someone once said at the Keswick Convention, we Christians all know that we are justified by faith, but somehow we've gotten the idea that for sanctification, we must paddle our own canoe. Praise God, we don't have to paddle our own canoe for anything the grace of God offers. We talk about the grace of God, but forget that the victory is given to us. You don't have to work for a gift, neither do you have to have any share in buying a gift. The whole thing is given to you exclusive of your efforts and work. So says the Keswick view of sanctification. Another teacher of the victorious life, a similar view, makes these remarks. Quote, does someone ask how this can be done? The answer is simple. It's found in Romans 6, 10 to 18. It is bound up in two words, reckon and yield. Reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, whatever sin is tempting you, and reckon yourself to be alive to God. Then yield according to your reckoning. Yield to God and not to sin. Yes, dear friend, it's just as simple as that. Reckon yourselves to be dead and then yield to your reckoning. Now, such remarks, and that's the end of my quotation of the victorious life teacher, such remarks raise such questions as these. Are we sanctified by faith alone? Some have taught that more recently. Or must we work at our sanctification? Are we sanctified in the same way we are justified? By faith alone? Is there any place for exertion or effort in the Christian life? Is our duty really exhausted by reckoning and yielding? Such questions will be answered by an examination of the biblical evidence in our next conversation.